Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, a weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. This week, we talk with senior Zach Hare from Men's Cross Country about the mental side of running and moving up from D3 to D1, a faith-based approach to investing, who is the king of the apples, and much more. You can subscribe to Tommy Talks wherever you get your podcasts, and if you love it, please give us a five-star rating. Now, here's our conversation with Zach Hare on another edition of Tommy Talks. Zach, you're obviously here at St. Thomas as a senior. I want you to think back to four or five years ago, maybe even six. Why did you choose St. Thomas? Yeah, so St. Thomas popped up on the radar pretty late in the process. Um, I didn't realize... Coach Wareham was sending me uh, notification, like emails at that time, and wanted me to come on on campus for a recruiting visit. But I came down here and looked at a local school. And on my way home, I actually drove by St. Thomas, and I was like, "Wow, okay, that's a pretty nice campus." So yeah. I think uh, it fit all the boxes. I checked all the boxes when I got home and looked at what I was looking for in a, in a school. And it just so happened during that time, I I really got into running, and I and I wanted to pursue it uh, collegiately. And then, kind of post, I looked at the the notifications and emails I got from from Coach Wareham, and I was like, oh, okay, he was reaching out. So fit all the boxes, and then I got to campus for the visit, and I was I was sold, basically, on, on one visit. Okay, so what email address were you – did you give him? Like, was that – was he getting your it, spam email? Uh, that no, it, it worked. I don't – I wasn't really focused on pursuing collegiate okay. running at that point. Yeah. And – I don't know why I had a negative stigma about about St. Thomas and the cities. I was always at University of Minnesota. Like, that was my plan. I think that was probably why I just blocked that, you know, blocked that out. So that was the initial plan, University of Minnesota. Because you grew up in a small town, right? Breckenridge? Yep, Breckenridge, Minnesota. What was that like growing up in a small town? It was different. Yeah, very, very different. You know, class of 60 kids. 60? 60 kids. Yeah, we lived out out in the country. Um, So a lot of farmland near us. We didn't farm, but a lot of farmland near us. And it was always the big trip was down to St. Paul, Minneapolis when I was a child, one or two times a year. Yeah. So I think something really attracted me uh, to kind of, I love the small town. I love, I still have a lot of family there, but yeah. getting to the cities for more opportunity, whatever that meant at the time and still means at that time. But. So you weren't intimidated by the city at all. You wanted to come to the bigger city. Yeah. 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 I definitely wanted. I didn't really fit the mold as a, as a small town kid, I would say, but okay. I still like going back. Why didn't you fit the mold? It was just, I was always business oriented, I would say. Um, and not that that can't be done in a small town, but some of the places I was looking at to pursue a future career, I think I was really attracted to sure. downtown St. Paul, downtown Minneapolis, yeah. like opportunity after college as well, the pipeline to get kind of into the industry. So it seems like growing up in a small town, though, running would be pretty essential because everything's a little bit more spread out right so if you're going to go to a friend's house you might have to run a little bit some exactly distance. exactly lots of gravel roads though so it gets kind of monotonous running on yeah. those near my house <laughs> <laughs> uh how did you get into running um school mile really uh growing up went to a, a small catholic school and we do the school mile and i was pretty decent at it i was a tiny kid i mean all the way i mean i still am like a tiny kid but <laughs> especially seventh and eighth grade i really loved basketball i loved football um, but I just knew that my body didn't really accommodate being very skillful at that. Yeah. Um, and my mom was a runner. She coaches a cross country team in Breckenridge, Wapton. Now they're co they're co op. So okay. Um, she kind of got me in. I would do the Fargo races each year. So I think my first race that I can remember was maybe a 5K when I was in second or third grade. And oh then wow. A half marathon by the time I was a sixth grader. But I still want to do football. And I went out uh, freshman year. I think I was I was planning on doing football. 
and then a number of things happened. I was like, yeah, let's let's try running, and and it worked out. So <laughs> yeah, half marathon by the sixth grade. Sixth grade, yeah, probably not great for the knees, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I liked running. That's impressive. I did my first one just this past summer i guess yeah at the beginning of the summer and it was uh, i'm not in sixth grade i can tell you that much <laughs> um so were you i was a really slight kid growing up too just tiny right mm-hmm. the first time i didn't have to wear slim pants i was excited and now <laughs> they came back into style but um were you like me where you were excited when you finally broke 100 pounds and you're like yes yeah I actually i have a funny story about that so the minimum for wrestling uh i wrestled in high school too all up yeah. all up through the years I think the minimum, either 7th or 8th grade, to fit the 106-pound weight class was, I think it was 98 pounds at the time. And there were stories of me going onto the scale, basically chugging water just so I could get up to weight so I could so I could make that make that point but even freshman year I was still struggling to break 100 pounds so yeah. it was kind of yeah it was a milestone when I got there yeah for sure like no matter what you ate it doesn't matter how much of it you just couldn't get past that yeah did you try and sneak maybe a like a hand weight or something onto the scale to get there <laughs> I couldn't get away with that I might have kept my pants on shirt on <laughs> and stuff like that but <laughs> everything you could do to get there exactly so football wrestling those are you know sports for typically bigger guys but it didn't intimidate you huh you just liked the did you like the physicality of it what was it about it yeah part of it was the physicality but i'd say more my friends that's every that's what they would do i didn't have many friend runners so it was tough (laughs) i think for a from a community and uh social standpoint football initially but then wrestling i mean my dad was the wrestling coach so that was kind of the pipeline into wrestling and i didn't like it for most of the years but then like a a flip was definitely switched when i switch was flipped when i yeah. when i hit like freshman sophomore year when i really started to enjoy the sport more yeah. um so yeah I, I like the discipline i think that's a big part of it as well i love the discipline that's involved in in wrestling do you feel like now that you've gotten older there is more of a community around running because i picked up running three years ago probably and that's one of the things i love is going to a race and everybody's in it together and everybody's cheering you on and that's a such a great community and but you said you were loved the community of football and yeah. wrestling growing up and there wasn't quite the community about around running yeah I, especially in the small town everyone does football everyone does basketball so it, yeah. that's just i did basketball too growing up it was just what my friends did so it, was, yeah. it made sense to do that and you've seen that community grow as you've gone into running now oh yeah yeah, yeah. what's yeah. your team size at and especially when you combine women's cross country and women's track yeah. I mean, you're talking about hundreds, aren't you? Yeah. So track and field is, yep, over 100 men and women um, combined. So there's definitely a lot of people who are gung-ho about running like <laughs> I am, which is different than, than in high school. It's sure. nice in college. But coming in, we had a huge class of uh, cross-country runners, like 15 guys, I want to say, um, just in this senior class we had coming in freshman year. And that was D3 level. We had 30, 30 guys on the team, freshmen through seniors, and now we only have 12. We got a roster of 12 guys uh, this senior year. And there's some advantages to that. It's nice to have a huge team sometimes. But yeah. um, from Pete, our coach, being able to herd everyone, I think it makes sense. And traveling and um, even the commitment part of it, I think having 12 guys is, is a nice number um, yeah. to run with. What are some of the other differences between D3 and D1? Obviously the team size. Yeah travel's got to be different i mean there's got to be a ton of differences for you yeah i'd say some of the practicals travel is is one of the big ones we get a lot more gear which is nice very very nice um yeah, yeah i do like the travel i like getting outside of you know we go to northfield a lot um 
in D3, and now we're we're going down to Tulsa, you know, for conference. That's where we went last year. We're going up to Grand Forks, kind of near my neck of the woods, for yeah. a conference this year. Um, we're going out to Pennsylvania in a couple of weeks. So the travel, the gear, the team size, some of the, the practicals, but I'd say a commitment level. There was definitely an elevation um, that was required from the guys, and a lot of running is mental. I, I truly believe that. So I think it was a perspective change that needed to be made as soon as we found out we were going to Division One. And then some of the other disciplines and hard work and, and commitment pieces followed once we made that uh, mental perspective ch- uh, change. So For you, was that mental and perspective change easy? Or, or how did you come to that as you went? Yeah, I personally for me, it, it wrestling in, in the background, I think it helped a ton to make that mm-hmm. initial switch. I just knew what it required to, to work really hard and, and compete uh, relative to Obviously, that elevation of, of competition, that's another obviously big change from D3 to D1 is that elevation of competition. So um, there's some growing pains, that's for sure, just kind of grasping out of the fact that we that we made the switch. I don't think I've actually grasped it yet, and I don't <laughs> think it really matters. I mean, you just got to hunker down and, and make the switches that are, that are necessary to be able to compete on this level. Well, you guys have made that switch. I mean, you finished second last year, the highest any St. Thomas team has finished in conference so far in the Division One era. What did that mean to you and, and to the team to go in there and finish second in the Summit League, your first year in Division One? Yeah, I, it was huge. I think individually, all the guys made tremendous strides which was big, and I credit that to their perspective change, their willingness to adapt, um, their willingness to have that competitive mindset each and every practice and each and every meet. Um, so that was huge. It was it was big for the team collectively, too, to get second, obviously. Um, we initially were ranked, I think, fifth coming into the conference, and that was kind of our, our motivation. Like, how can we move up You know, each spot? And by each meet, it was like, okay, maybe we're fourth or third right now, and okay, maybe we're the second-best team, and oh, we might have a shot at first. I think... Just uh, keeping our eyes on on the top and uh, running, it's you can make that change. Like it's a lot, it's mental. The perspective change each and every meet can happen, and when that happens, you know anything anything can take place, and we can can rise to the top. So I like that aspect of of running. It's not all talent. Uh, yeah like some of these other teams have kind of established. so Yeah, and I would imagine once you guys had some races underneath you, you're no longer racing against ghosts, right? Like you didn't True. know what to expect. Now you've seen what it takes at Division One level, and you have that data point to know where to push to. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be a, an amazing thing to be able to do. So you also run track during the spring, right? Yep. And indoor track in the winter. Indoor so. track. Oh, no so breaks. No breaks. No for rest it. for the weary. <laughs> no. Zach Hare, always on the move. Uh, that should be your logo, yeah. uh, your slogan. Uh, do you have a preference? Do you like the outside, inside, outside? Which do you like better? Yeah, cross country is definitely my favorite season. Um, almost from all aspects. The weather is huge. Yeah. I, I actually like the, the fact that it can be 90 degrees first day of practice and then, you know, running in Grand Forks at the end of October, it'll probably be like 35, 40 degrees. Right. Um, but somewhere in the middle there is is where we're at now, and I like that. You yeah. know, I like the weather, um, the competition, running on different courses is fun. Not having a a set you know distance, you know what you're gonna get when you go to the track and, and run a 10k or run yeah. an indoor 5k. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it is is being outside um, and enjoying the weather and not yeah. having to do indoor workouts in the winter, especially here. It's just it's hard. It's really, really hard. So it's a little bit of a grind. And I, I do like the the team size too. You know, twelve yeah. guys um, embarking on this on this journey, and it's much more of a a team sport. I would say um, team scoring factors in a lot more in cross country versus track. So 
Um, track can kind of feel like you're on your own or individualistic at, at some points, but cross country is through and through um, a team sport. So I definitely value that. Take the uneducated, such as myself, yeah. through on cross country and some of that team strategy, because you do see a lot of pictures and that everybody's running as a pack. And, and tell us a little bit of the strategy of that. Yeah, I think the pack mentality is, has to be first and foremost. Um, eliminating that spread, we'd, we'd call it. So first guy to fifth guy, that's who scored in a meet. And we got that down to 20, 25 seconds by the end of the year between the first and fifth guy. Wow. And it was it was to the point where the fifth guy knew he was kind of in his spot, but he would he would run with the, the first guy throughout the race. And I think when we were able to pack up during the race and, you know, if I die, I die. Like, we're going to reach 5K in a race and it's going to hurt and I might fall back a little bit. Yeah. But from a team standpoint, that's, that's what's required from a team standpoint. So you got to do everything that's possible to stick with the guy in front of you. So that's a really unique um, part of cross country as well. Is that just um, setting the pace, so to speak, so that you guys can, uh, like somebody's setting the pace and that's where you're trying to keep up with? Or is there some other strategy to running in the pack? Yeah, I would say moving up um, relatively to our comp- competition too. So, I mean, if we have a pack, we have a two-second spread, but we're all near the back, like that does us no good. So right. I think the first or second guy, they have to make a choice throughout the race, like, who's the next guy I'm going to catch and then everyone else has to follow <laughs> you know it's it's yeah. so it's it's that team aspect but also being aware of of your surroundings and the competition um and what's necessary uh to move up during the race and score well yeah uh, so you're, let's talk about your family a little bit. Your dad was a wrestling coach. Your mom was a, a running coach, a cross-country coach. Uh, you're three, you have three sisters, so yep. you're the lone dude. That had to be a little bit tough at times. It Be- did. Oh, yeah. It yeah. still is. Yeah, each yeah. and every day. <laughs> how I love old, it, though. How old were you when they first started putting makeup on you? Oh, that was from the onset. Yeah, yeah. four or five years old, probably. Yeah. And, I, and then a couple of years later when I was like, I don't like this anymore. Like, <laughs> Come on, I fight back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that was part of the reason I got into wrestling too. You know, I got, <laughs> they're bigger than me at that time. But, That's right. You know, <laughs> yeah, to be able to, to defend yourself. Exactly. Um, is your family a competitive family? Do you guys compete in a lot of things? Um, my sisters not so much. Um, but my parents, yeah, always always very competitive yeah. in their crafts. And we'd actually do the Amazing Race, local Amazing Race, each and every year as part of. Um, yeah, it was part. Of, it was a community thing. We'd come together as a family and do different challenges around oh, fun. the Breckenridge area. Yeah. Um, so I guess that was kind of probably my my gateway to the the competitive spirit yeah. type of things, and that's kind of remained in in my parents, but has kind of gone away with with my sisters. But what is like a family board game like for you oh, guys? Oh yeah, yeah, that... it's, it's nuts. But yeah. Uh, my one of my older sisters, Emily, not so much into board games. The other ones, we'll get together and 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 play every once in a while. We're a big sequence family or bananagrams. Yeah. Um, some that require thinking, but but not all strategy. Yeah. You know? I so. love sequence. That's an old school shout out right there. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It is great. Um. So last spring, you were injured for track and field season. Had you gone through an injury like that before, or what was it like for you having to sit out and and rest? Because you like to go. You yeah. go. It's uh, fall, spring, and winter. Yeah, it was it was very tough. A lot of soul searching done during that time, I would say. Um, but on the bike, I was I was grinding each and every day. I needed something to keep me in shape. I couldn't. Yeah. Luckily, I was able with the hip injury to bike and, and have it feel good. Um, just couldn't run. And I went some, through something like that sophomore year as well. It was actually a fall in the ice during the winter. I wasn't even running. I was I was just walking to a oh, class or something. You should have been running. Ice. I should have been running. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have prevented it. But uh, that fall in the ice sent me back a little bit, and I kind of knew at that time. Um, I had a successful track season a couple months after that. So I knew 
the discipline that was required even when I was away from the team, I think that's the toughest part, not meeting for practice and being able to run with the guys each and yeah. every day. And I think that infiltrates all areas of life, not just, you know, three three to five thirty every day during practice time. But the disciplines outside of that as well can slip when you're yeah. not with the team and not competing, don't have anything on the schedule, um, you know, have different MRIs and different PT, and you really don't know if it's going to get better. So right. it was a very, very tough time. Um definitely but i had a long summer to to rest up um as far as felt good and then getting back into shape putting in those base miles in the summer and yeah i was ready itching to get back into competition for the first time you know a couple weeks ago uh, first race in a while so yeah when you first tested it do you remember that feeling and feeling like oh okay i'm back i'm all yeah, the way back yeah it, i mean it took a while to get back into shape but yeah. even that first run back when i didn't feel any pain at all in the hip was it was like, yes, let's go. Like, yeah. this is time. Yeah. But yeah. When, now that I'm back in shape, it's even like, okay, this is what it feels like, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Right. Um, that's huge because during that time, it was like, I'm never going to get to that, that point again. <laughs> like, I'm too too far away from it. So, um, no, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've had the support around me to, to get to this point again. So you're a senior, so you're almost finished with school. Yeah. Finance finish. major, right? Yeah, finance um, major. 3.99. Bruh. <laughs> not a four not a four same thing in high school too yeah one a minus yeah messed me up but <laughs> come on man to do disappointing yeah yeah how did you get that a minus you know operations management online course yeah final presentation was no bueno uh mm. yeah i'm gonna i'm not blaming anyone it was all on me yeah okay <laughs> but way to take way to take ownership of it and yeah. we won't uh dwell too long on just that 0.01 percentage <laughs> i mean because a three looks a lot different from a four. Oh, it does. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't hold me back in any job <laughs> interviews or anything. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be okay. I haven't heard that brought up in a while, so. <laughs> Sorry. Hit me Sorry. where it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going injury, Andrew 3.99. Yeah. Just digging in. <laughs> We're getting emotional here. Um, let's talk about, I was looking at uh, your LinkedIn profile, and, and you want to go into financial uh, management, right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Uh, but you said something that I thought was interesting, a faith-based approach to investing. Tell me about that and, and what you think that looks like for you. Yeah. So I didn't even know this was a thing until a couple summers ago when I was doing my research on what kind of work would be would be meaningful to me. And I'm a Catholic studies minor as well. And just learning in those classes what it means to take like the Trinitarian perspective and bringing it out to the world. Um, and I was like, hmm, how could I do this with my with my work? And there's a whole field involved of investing in things that morally align with with people's beliefs. Yeah. And that can go from avoiding certain companies that directly conflict with with their beliefs, or um, you know, investing in projects even overseas and in poor countries that directly help uh, and contribute to humanitarian efforts as well. So. Money definitely talks. Uh, different companies that succeed where the money flows is what companies rise to the top. So I think along the same vein, I think uh, when you're driven by your values and driven by your faith, um, money can be flowed to companies that aren't as well known and maybe won't even maximize your return. But in the end, it's it's a it's a charitable, a charitable gift, um, both a charitable gift and something that you can invest in in the future and you want to see grow Um yeah, and it's a it's a really unique thing. It's still pretty small, and there's not a lot of opportunities, especially right out of college. But I think yeah. in the future that would that would be a goal of mine. And just talking to my peers, who also I think uh, values align align with mine. They 
yeah, they, they want to know where their money is going directly. Right. A lot of the time, just it's all about maximizing returns. So yeah. a little different approach. But maximizing returns financially and value-based returns as well. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes they go hand in hand. Usually yeah. when um, there's a, from a corporate standpoint, usually when they're, they're morally um, aligned with, with uh, how people should think, uh, how people do think, and when they have their values in the right places, they usually treat their employees better they usually make sure their products are are very very good and, and quality and uh sometimes the returns do follow so you will see that as well which is yeah. which is exciting it's not a and or you know yeah it feels like in today's day and age that's even more important than ever people want to know that their product is good not only as a product but in terms of the company it comes from as well exactly yeah, yeah. well the, see you picked the right time then <laughs> um yeah, let, let's talk about some of the other things you do for fun what, like, how, where were we? Where are we going to find Zach Hare if he's not out on the track? Yeah, so I love to read. That's a that's a big part of of what I do in my free time. I love hanging out hanging out with friends. I recently got into cribbage um, okay. and swing dancing, so that might be part of my old soul, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, <laughs> drinking black coffee too while I'm at it and reading yeah. the newspaper. No, that's right. uh, <laughs> I do like doing that as well. So I like learning new skills. I think checking out St. Paul and Minneapolis and the different events that they have going on or classes that they have going on or different restaurants. Yeah. Um, you, this is like the first year that I can actually venture off campus, I feel like, and everything is bustling again. So yes. it's exciting to go to these different events when they're, you know, there's no holdbacks. Um, yeah. So I really do enjoy, uh, yeah, going out with friends and, and doing those sorts of things and going up to the lake um, every once in a while too. Yeah. I'm kind of from lake country, so it's kind of an obligation. But Crib- Let's talk cribbage a little bit. Yeah. Um, first of all, what a weird game. I love it cribbage. Is. But somebody sat around and was like, hey, you know what? You're going to get some extra points if a jack comes up. <laughs> or if the jack, like, that's it just. random half yeah, the time, I swear. Totally yeah. random. Have you gotten a 29? No, I've never gotten a 29. I think my biggest hand is 25, I believe I got a couple weeks ago. So Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what made up the hand? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fives and jacks, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some fives and some jacks, and then you zoned out because yeah, it was exactly. amazing. <laughs> but there's cribbage tournaments around you. I've been looking into that a little bit. I haven't gone and, and played one, yeah. but I think that would be epic. Yeah, it would be really fun. From what I've heard, pegging is really important in those tournaments. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. So you got Small margin of error for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's amazing. My I play with my dad quite a bit, and I can be up 20 with, you know, and I'm in position, as they say. For those of you who don't know cribbage, good luck. But those <laughs> of you who do, I'll be in position. My dad will come back from out of nowhere and still beat me. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's demoralizing. It's it really demoralizing. is. Yeah. And how? I it's don't understand how. It's a game, too. It very yeah. much is. Like, I'll get beat 12 times of the same person. But, yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, I could beat them seven or eight straight times. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of luck and, yeah, you got to know how to peg, as you said, as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have further cribbage breakdown yeah. maybe in the future. Uh, what are you reading these days? Uh, currently, um, some biographies on saints have been have been, and I think just during the season when life is is tough sometimes and there's yeah. some suffering. I mean, it's so small uh, compared to to compared what the saints have gone through or the how they view suffering. But it's just a helpful reminder to read biographies on on some of the saints. But as far as my classical uh reads i love 1984 by george orwell one of my favorite books of all time just finished that really yeah what'd you think um it was depressing yeah it's a thinker (laughs) (laughs) it definitely is is. it definitely is uh the great gatsby i enjoy that book i think my favorite novel series of all time would be 
Chronicles of Narnia by yeah. C.S. Lewis. That's something I I read when I was ten. I could read it, you know, now and and still enjoy it the same. So yeah. it's just timeless. I think. Yeah, uh, I loved that book as a child. Uh, the uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. My mom said, "Here, read this," and I was like, "No, I don't want to read it." <laughs> and then I read it, and it was fascinating. It was really, really good. Yeah, especially for me, I I struggled to have an imagination. So I think that's a that was a gateway to, to yeah. open myself up to that as well. Oh, so, that's awesome. Even now, you know, yeah, not just as a child. Just so, so for you, reading is a relaxation, but also a gateway to open new doors for you. Oh, for sure. I love learning too. I think through, through the things I read and things yeah. I listen to, podcasts, and, yeah. and things of that nature. So, yeah. Well, you do have an old soul. I will say that, <laughs> uh, but in a good way. Thank um, you. Growing up in Breckenridge, it's right on the border with North Dakota. So, yeah. uh, were you a Minnesota fan in all of the sports? What are your other favorite sports yeah, teams? Yeah, huge Minnesota fan, and yeah. I had a strong. And I still do a strong aversion to NDSU Bison up in that up in that area, and even the the UND Sioux. So it, yeah. if it, now that we've moved D one and that's our competition, it's kind of like oh that serves me well. Yeah. But I was always a Gophers fan growing up for for collegiate sports, yeah. and then yeah, I loved the Vikings. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I think is the earliest season I remember. So a lot of heartbreak back then. I think that strong emotional connection is why I remember it so well. Yeah. Um and then yeah, baseball, I love the Minnesota Twins. Uh love yeah. the Minnesota Twins. Used to there was a stage when I loved the Timberwolves too. Uh, I don't watch them as often and now I'm more of a baseball guy. I'll watch I'll yeah. watch the Minnesota Twins um very often and follow them and Obviously, that's very tough at this stage, too, <laughs> but it's through and through, you know, Minnesota yeah. sports fan, for sure. Man, Zach, you jumped off the Timberwolves bandwagon at the exact wrong time. Now <laughs> they're know. getting good. I know, I know. I still follow them, and yeah. uh, maybe my friends will say I don't have as much loyalty with them, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I never totally jump ship. I don't. I don't cheer for other teams. Okay, I good. still want to see them succeed. Yeah, just not the <laughs> they every will, day. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, fun to watch. Where's the your best place on campus? Your favorite place on campus? Oh, there's so many. Um, I love third floor ASC for sure. Uh, I think for a study spot and overlooking the the football field. It's, yeah, I love that spot. I love the library, especially the leather room in the library. And I, I just saw today that. Stacks Cafe is opening back up in the library, so that's that's huge. It's yeah. probably not as good of a study spot now because it'll be loud back there. <laughs> but uh, as far as getting my morning coffee, that'll be that'll be a nice place. And then I love South Campus. Yeah. If I'm looking for some solitude, and uh, yeah, there's some nice tables back there. When yeah. I just kind of want to get off of campus and not run into 47 people on a daily basis. Right. Good place <laughs> to hide. Talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good place to hide. That's for sure. Is the leather room in the library the same place as the Harry Potter room? No, that is that is a separate place. That's a separate place. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And actually, Harry Potter room. I just heard that phrase for the first time three or four weeks ago. And yeah. I think it was an alumni came in and he called it that. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. And everyone knew about it. I was like, oh geez, where am I? I'm, right. <laughs> I'm behind. But yeah, I, I think, see where it comes from. I think Lauren Galvin was telling me about it, and she's like, oh, I love the the Harry Potter room. And I was like, is that really what it's called, or is that just <laughs> what you call it? She's like, no, that's what everybody calls it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's verified. But I was okay. a little late late to it. So. so there's two cool rooms in the library. I guess I should get over there at some point. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite food? Favorite food, I would say. Um, apples. I mean, I love, I love apples. I yeah. eat one every day. But as far as favorite meal, this is weird too. Um, oatmeal is is probably my favorite. That is weird. Favorite meal. Yeah, I eat it. I eat that every day with banana and, and peanut butter. So and just plain oatmeal. Banana, plain oatmeal, and but that's butter. like across the board, like yeah. factoring in price, factoring in convenience, factoring in uh, how satiating it is. Yeah. Uh, but favorite taste. 
Uh, definitely not oatmeal. Uh, maybe like a good <laughs> breakfast burrito. Yeah, it would be top of the list. Yeah, but. a good breakfast burrito is tough to beat. Um, what's your favorite kind of apple? Because there's a thousand different. Oh kinds. yeah, for sure. So, Granny Smith, and that's also not for taste, but even like the slight health benefits that it has, and I like the tartness a lot of a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but taste wise, Honeycrisp. I mean, nothing, nothing can beat it. I swear. It's yeah, the king. it is. It is the king. But when I go king. to Trader Joe's and I see three dollars for a pound, then it's no longer the king. So, resort yeah. uh, so back to my Granny Smith. <laughs> yeah, I just went to an apple orchard, um, and I was like, oh, exciting! I get to get my Honeycrisp, but they hadn't been picked yet. So, oh, sad. Yeah, soon. I had to go with First Kiss apples, which oh, those are good. Yeah, yeah I had one at the State Fair. Yeah, you know. it was my first time having one. They're not bad. They're not bad. Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid now they're all hybrids I now swear. All yeah they all taste in between that's one or the, the hard other. part about the honeycrisp but like that's so good yeah that everything else just pales in comparison it does. and it's just high standard sad. to live up to that's for sure yeah Must it's be a totally, tough life it's a no. tough <laughs> life to be an apple if you're not a honeycrisp <laughs> that's for sure uh, so do you watch anything on tv to get away or anything yeah like that? i i do love a good documentary um i recently watched survivor just a random season and <laughs> oh my gosh like i once i started yeah, i needed stop. to i need to keep going back to wasn't it. too much drama for you not this season okay. but I, i've heard that about more recent recent seasons so I, yeah. I very much looked at like the top 10 seasons based on fan votes and stuff and then i chose like number one okay so i from an interesting standpoint and like less drama that i think now <laughs> is, is part of as part of survivor now yeah. i think uh i think this was a good one to choose so maybe in the future more survivor series uh what's on your playlist when you run when you're not running with the team what's on your playlist yeah so i don't run with headphones at all um i'm kind of an anti-earbud guy (laughs) like airpod guy um but i I do like the the quietness during a run yeah but if i'm indoor biking uh as far as playlists i love john bellion Um, i there's not a bad song that he has so I'll, i'll sometimes just go through his socks and the occasional pump up uh that i need especially when blaring it in the locker room i'll i'll go somewhere app something like that um to kind of get us into into the mood and and wrestling there was a lot of pump up songs in in the wrestling room um so i think uh now i'm interacting with it in a in a healthy amount so when i do play it it's like oh my gosh like this gets me going like this is awesome yeah. yeah so so limited quantity but yeah well, uh, How about you? What's on? What's in your playlist? Oh, that's a Is good it? question. Uh, the first time anybody's ever asked me a question on the podcast. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, that's <laughs> no. okay. Um, I do like the pump-up music. Um, so it's a little bit more upbeat, and it's a mix of rap, yeah. rock, um, to like techno. Okay. Some that will like the ums, 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 I kind of yeah. like that tempo. Um, Does or, it throw you off when you're running out? Or no? No, I okay. tend to zone out. Uh, okay. usually I do like in the morning, I usually run more towards the midday cause I'm not a morning person, but when, if I do run in the morning, there is something about that quiet and that solitude, yeah. especially if you can get out into nature a little bit and hear everything kind of waking up. That part is nice. Yeah. Especially around here. It's yeah. uh, down by the river. It's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. If you're, this is the place, if you're going to run distance, this isn't a bad place to come train. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mississippi Agreed. river right down there. Yeah. Zach, uh, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you for the rest of this season, then winter, and then spring as well. <laughs> it never stops. Thank you, Corbin. Yeah. Appreciate it.